So last week. Um, preacher. Yeah. Preacher. Yeah. Preacher. Yes. Uh, remember, remember this Jimbo of ours. He goes to the doctor Friday and then back Monday. That's okay. hard. Uh, that's, that's, all I, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I still have one. <laughs> <laughs> you still have a heart, huh? Make sure you still got one. <laughs> um, so last week we were, we were in Genesis. We did, actually we only did Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 because we were gotten into a discussion about the image of God and we got so interested in that topic that we actually only got to two verses when I'd planned to get through with all of day six and day seven, which was great. That's actually what I would prefer to do if we was for us to do that. Um, so we're going to start in verse 28 of chapter one of Genesis. And if you're interested in that discussion we had about the image of God, you can go online and listen to that. Uh, that's on the website. So could I get somebody to read? Um, let's do 28. Through 31. We'll just do the day six one and we might go to day seven if we have time. So, anybody want to volunteer? All right. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every earth, bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which the fruit of the tree yielding seed, you it shall be for me, and to every beast of the earth, and every fowl of the air, and everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green earth for me, and it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was good. And the evening and the morning were the All right. So I want to remind you why these first three chapters in Genesis are so important. Um, some of the most important chapters in the Bible. And that is that we, um, Genesis chapter one, verses three, teach us who we are as human beings at our very base, at our very core, what God created us to be. It said when God created us, it was good. So when we look at Genesis 1, Genesis, most of Genesis 2, we learn what it means for humans to be what God intended us to be. And that was good back when things were good. And that's important because when sin messes stuff up in chapter 3, then we have to know, one, what, was, what, what did sin mess up so we can go back to the way God intended and secondly, we have to know what's the solution to that problem. Because there's a lot of different theories out there on how to fix the human problem. There's, you got behaviorism, you have psychoanalysis, you have all kinds of stuff that discusses who we are as humans and how you fix it. And so the Genesis 1 through 3 tells us what God says about that subject. And when we get, especially to the to day, the end of day six and 28, you have what's called a creation ordinance. And creation ordinances, which there's only this one and then one in chapter two, are extremely important because they describe what life was like before sin entered the world. So if we want to know basically what we were made to be when sin didn't mess stuff up, 
and what life is going to be like after Jesus returns and sin is done away with, these creation ordinances appear. And so by understanding these things, we have a better understanding of what exactly we're supposed to do without sin. And so in verse 28 and 29 and 30, 31, it talks about our responsibilities as humans. And there's four things I want to talk about before we talk about these responsibilities. The first of this is that whatever the image of God is, these responsibilities is somehow tied to it or somehow tied to it. So in other words, these are things that God does that humans then have a special privilege and responsibility to do. And we actually image God when we do those things. It's part of being made in the image of God, doing the things he tells us in these verses. Secondly, these commands are given to men and women equally. This is not, especially usually you've seen that this has been like guys have taken over this stuff. But men and women both have these commands given to them equally. Third, this is not something that every human individual has to do, but it's something that we as a human race are supposed to do. So that means that even if, like it says to, when we get to when it talks about um, having dominion over the earth, even though you might not have like a strong dominion, you might have like your little dominion at your home, but, but it's more like we as a collective human beings are to have dominion over the earth. Not, it's not saying there should be one person that's like a super dictator that controls everything kind of, kind of situation. Uh, and then the third thing, and this comes into play too when we get to day seven, is you actually have, before sin entered the world, work. In other words, work is something that happened even before sin came into the world. What sin did was made work toilsome and hard but sin didn't create work god actually as part of who we are as human beings we are designed to work that's why i think the vision of the the future vision of the heaven of us doing nothing but sitting around on clouds is wrong because we see in the creation ordinance that god actually designed us to do something and we'll see when we get to day seven that even when God says he rested, that doesn't mean he didn't, he just quit doing everything. <clears throat> I'll talk a little bit more about work when we get to day seven. So with those in mind, this passage, these few verses talk about two things we're supposed to do. One is we are supposed to be fruitful and fill the earth. And secondly, we're supposed to rule over creation. So it says in said verse 28, uh, God bless them, told them, be fruitful and multiply. I actually got into an interesting discussion with Joyce and Joe. Actually, it was Joe the other day about that verse. Because I'd always thought about that verse referring to just childbirth. That God has asked us to uh, continue to bear children, which is part of the reason that the, sin, that the fall has messed stuff up. Because he's made the fall has made that part of creation hard on people. Um, but Joe was actually talking about how that could even talk about being fruitful in our work and in our production to live pro productive lives and to fill the earth with, with what we do in our, in our work. And I thought that was a pretty interesting way of looking at that. And I think he's right. I think that's a good way of looking at it. It's not just referring to, um, 
the childbearing, but also referring to what we do with our hands. And then secondly, he says, you are to rule over creation. Um, Subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So this entails, well, this tells a few things that I thought up of. One, it encourages us to explore what creation has. In other words, encourages us to have science. Science was originally not, even in the early scientists were not anti-Christian. In fact, the early scientists were all Christians. They were trying to figure out what creation was like so they could glorify God more. And this verse actually encourages us to learn more about creation and encourages us to engage in scientific study like that. Secondly, it talks about and encourages us to use the resources of the land. As long as we use those resources and instead of abuse them and we use them for good and not evil. But God has given us as image bearers the ability to use things. And I think that's what I think Justin was talking about last week was getting into our ability to do stuff like build buildings, I think comes into play with that. God has given us the ability to use the resources of the land to create stuff like roads, like buildings, like iPhones that other animals don't have that ability to have. Of course, with sin entered the world, we also then had the ability to use the resources for bad things and to abuse the resources such as making animals extinct and that kind of stuff. Um, But that doesn't mean we had the good thing. The third thing it has for us is that we are responsible for taking care of nature. God gave us the responsibility of not just using creation, but making sure that creation is sustained. And so that's why things like animal abuse is, is against the Bible. Because God has told us to take care of animals. He's told us to take care of the land. You know, deforestation is not good, that kind of stuff. So we're to use the land, but we're also to make sure that we use it wisely so we don't abuse it and it becomes um, like animals extinct. That's a quick and I feel like way of what I was looking at with these two verses. Let me ask you this question. Those of you guys are here, you guys are online. When you read, first, when you read it saying that one of our missions as human beings before sin entered the world was to be fruitful, multiply, is there any other way you can see that appearing in human life outside of children and the production you get from doing work? Anybody else have any other thoughts you might think that might apply to? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, as a Christian, you know, we want to bring others into the fold. Uh, you know, to our relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, puts my mission. And, uh, you know, again, fruit, multiplication, more of, uh, you know, maybe in that sense. But, uh, yeah. Michael, do, do we have a responsibility to put um, um, nature or animals or nature in general in front of us, which we, we see the, um, we see people that say, oh, we can't build the dam because of the uh, bugs that live in the water. Uh, we'll kill them or we'll make them extinct. Yeah. Which, if it betters mankind, do we do it at the expense of nature? Can we I think do it? That's a really good question, Jim. Um, he, and did y'all hear him in the back there? He said, if we have dominion over nature, and we're supposed to be able to control nature, he says, if we want to put up a dam that would benefit a city, but also would damage some of the local wildlife, do we have warrant to do that from the Bible, even though it would damage and harm that wildlife? And I think that's a really good question because I think it, it goes down to the line between using and abusing creation. You know, God has commanded us with giving dominion to that we can use creation, but he also told us that we're supposed to take care of creation. And so I don't think that's an easy, like, yes, no answer. I think it goes down to the situation uh, case by case and asking when we do this is it is our benefit for ourselves causing great harm or abuse to nature because that is also an important part of our calling and so I don't think I think that would have to be a case by case situation anybody else want to chime in on that I'm thinking from a wildlife scenario uh, environmental background and ecological stuff mm -hmm. uh, deal with any regulators now before you do any of this dam work or anything like that it's going to be an ecological survey it's going to be uh, wildlife you may have a crawfish that's been around the area for five years i think and uh, you're going to reroute that creek somewhere and ain't going to disrupt that crawfish now mm -hmm. uh, you know that's kind of a scenario down uh, to be able to do something like that uh, so I, I think we've made improvements you know in that where i know in past uh, you know, those things were not looked at. Yeah. If I had, had a creek on the farm, they wanted to kill straight instead of, you know, an angle. Yeah. So they get more back, and man, they straighten it out, and that's pretty big. Uh, but now those things are just not able to be done because, you know, protocols are in place to run that. Yeah. I think that that's the same dilemma you have when it comes to hunting or having um, stock animals for eating because. You know, you it's a this allows us to hunt, it allows us to eat animals. Um, so anybody that says that the Bible doesn't allow you to eat animals is not true. You can eat animals according to the Bible, but there is a line there, especially when you talk about hunting. I don't think it's a big problem with stock animals where you can over hunt and kill off a population. And so there's a line there where you go, is this is this trying to get food for yourself ending up? destroying the creation more so and uh 
So I think that's kind of the same dilemma you have there. I, I think that's how you answer. Huh? I, th I think that's how you answer the question. Yeah. Um, anytime we look, we have to look at um, the overall effect of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It may help man, and it, but it may kill off something else. But what is the effect of that something else in, in later, um, in the overall picture? So we, we do have to not be narrow in our view. We got to make a broad decision. And it may help us today, but it might not help us in the future. So if that's why those checks and balances exist. Well, it says there to fill the earth and, and subdue it. And that when you, the meaning of uh -huh. subdue is to overcome or bring it under control. Mm -hmm. so that's that's record. <clears throat> well, we are first. That lion? I don't know. <laughs> I'll leave it and find out. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that. That word subdue inside the Hebrew being obviously being a good translation means to take something basically that's out of control and wrangle it into control, which is kind of a good image of what we do with nature. You know, you take woods out there and you cut the trees down and you plant sod and you take an area that was full of thorns and wild plants and you mm -hmm. bring it into control when you have your house. And so, um, you know, that's what he's kind of commanded us to do is to wrangle creation and to take care of it by controlling it, basically. But it's to our benefit. We're first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not equal with the animals. So if it's like the choice between your life or animal life, it's the animal life every time. We're not equal with them at all. Here's another question for you guys. So if you think of being still in the be fruitful, multiply part, if you think of that as being being productive, like Bert was saying, whether it's spiritually or whether you're with your own work, and sin has corrupted all of this, every single one of these sin has messed up. Um, so what would be the sinful corruption of being productive that we would see? The temptation we might have that would mess up that command? Being lazy. Yeah, being, being lazy. That's why in Proverbs, you have all these Proverbs that talk about the sluggard. The Bible definitely includes laziness as a sin. And we don't talk about that probably enough. And I think it's because we don't talk about work as being something good because work is hard. <laughs> so when you tell people that work's supposed to be good, they're like, not my work. But uh, God intended for work to be good. And so laziness at that point is not good. And I think that is one of the temptations we have to not do this is laziness. All right. And going to the second one where it says dominion on the ruling over the earth. Um, you know, we already talked about that a little bit. And uh, we actually were talking about a second ago. Is there any other examples y'all might want to give of ways of sins we might do that would, that would be against this? You know, we talked about, abusing creation trying in the attempts of helping ourselves and damaging creation heavily because of that is there anything else that just y'all can think about that might be 
a sin we do that or temptation we do that doesn't that affects this. Because I'll be honest, I can't think of any others. So I'm just making sure that y'all don't have anything on your minds. <laughs> well, for, when, at work, for example, yeah, in our work, everything we, uh, if everything we do is for our own advancement, and we don't take in what it does to the to others, only to ourselves, it's, it's a big sin. And I saw it all the time. For example, uh, salary distribution. You know, the guys on top, they want, are in charge, are going to have the highest salaries, and they're not too concerned about the guy on the bottom. Uh, mm. They don't really concern themselves with that. They want to get, get him as cheap as they can get him. Um, as long as he does the job. Yeah. So you're, you're saying having the responsibility to take care of nature includes making sure you also take care of other people. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Would. Um, the other thing I thought about uh, just now is it kind of the speaks against wastefulness to being wasteful with stuff because if we have responsibility and dominion with things we're supposed to control it then being wasteful with what we do have is not good on the flip side that the ingredient of what we do have is also not good yeah you know, if we don't utilize the resources we have you know, yeah not that fit yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking briefly about verse 29 and 30 and 31, uh, and we'll wrap up. I didn't think we'd get into day seven today, to be honest. And day seven's got a lot in it. So and then I, know, I think we'll just stop. But um, 29 and 30 has this interesting idea that it seems like God gives plants for food for men and animals so it appears in verse 29 30 that before the fall that um animals didn't eat other animals and humans didn't eat other animals so the question you know of course we do that now and i've already said we can do that so what happened uh i think that when the fall came death entered the world and so that's why you can't eat an animal without killing it <laughs> and so how do you how do you eat an animal if death's not in the world yet that would be a very weird meal. <laughs> and so that, what happens is, and I think in the Noah story, after Noah and the flood, God explicitly tells them, hey, it's okay to eat meat now. And so that changes. And of course, when Jesus uh, raises from the dead, you have Peter has the vision about the blanket coming down with all the unclean animals. And so God further clarifies that not just the clean animals, but all animals are okay to eat. So you can eat all the catfish you want and all those barbecue pork sandwiches you want, because that's what God said inside the book of Acts. It's one of my favorite passages for Baptists, I think. <laughs> Bacon. Yeah. Amen. Bacon. That one passage so opened up so much happiness for us. And it's talking about the Gentiles being saved too, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, 
And then verse 31, uh, God looks at everything he made in those six days of creation, and he sees that it's very good. And it says it was evening, morning, sixth day. This is the only time that of those days he says very good. And it, it really speaks to when God had the th originally created creation and things were going the way he created it to be, life was very good. Everything was very good. And that gives us encouragement because we know when he comes back again in the book of Revelation, he's going to set that back up. And we can have the hope of that very good being our reality again when Jesus returns. And that's, that's nice for us who have placed our faith in Jesus. Um, we don't, like I said, it's so, we don't have enough time to go into day seven, which is fine. Uh, we can do that next week. And I didn't expect us to have time today anyways for that. But is there any other comments about day six? Um, or any questions about the rest of the days before day Michael. seven? Yes. Michael. Yes. Well, I think part of the ruling in having uh, responsibility is the recycling and not, let, not to let plastic accumulate like it is uh, all over the seas and, and land now. I think yeah. that we're falling down on our responsibility when we don't take care of that so those problems don't come up and exist. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, this kind of goes a little bit to what Jim said. We have the ability to use creation to make plastics, but we also have the responsibility not to then destroy creation with the plastic we're making. Same with burning fossil fuels and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we as Christians should be weary, aware of the fact that the Bible says we should take care of creation. And uh, that includes even environmental stuff like that. Something that you said earlier that I found interesting that I'd never thought was if we look at the way um, things were before the fall, we get some idea from that of the way they'll be um, in heaven. Yeah. I, I found that very interesting. Good point. Yeah. And I actually, if you, that. if you look at the book of Revelation, there's a lot of similarities between the way the New Jerusalem is described and the Garden of Eden is described. I think that's purposeful. The biggest difference is that there's going to be a city in the New Jerusalem where there's no city, and that's probably just a product of there being people right here. It's just two. Can't really have a city of two people. Um, but you got Raglan. You got Raglan. Three of <laughs> Yeah. All right. I'll pray and we will dismiss. God, thank you for bringing us here today. And for all those you've brought here uh, for this great group we have, Lord, thank you for teaching us today and showing us more about what it means to be image bearers of you, to bear your image in, our, in your creation and to be the people that you've created us to be and um, what you have us to do. And Lord, I pray, um, especially as we go through this these weeks, Lord, that we just have so many people that uh, from our church that are sick or know people who are sick, and whether it's COVID or something else, Lord, that you would just send your special healing and help upon us. Help us to be encouraged, help us to be, strength, be strengthened, help us to know that you're near 
Lord. And I pray that we would see your hand move. And God, I also pray that you would use this time to touch people's hearts and lives and draw them closer to you. It wouldn't just be something that they experience, God, but something you can use to draw them closer to you. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you and we thank you for the hope you've given us of eternal life and the life we can have with you afterwards through your son. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Bye. See y'all later. Good night. Good night. Good night. You might could maybe like set the computer right here on a coffee, I mean on a TV tray. Yeah. And you could you might could use a clicker to change the strength or something. Oh, that's still in there. It used to be in there, so just a thought. I didn't know if you knew it was in there or not. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And that, that technical, that is a technical term. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them Teresa <laughs> I think I need some lessons on Zoom. Yeah. 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 That was all that was professor's I mean, he, he, yeah. he was doing something about it all.
a whole the, it comes with a library it comes with a library mm -hmm. 